Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning. We're glad you guys could join us on this Wednesday morning. Um, it sounds like Jim's trying to watch this on Facebook, too, and uh, it, there's a little bit of a delay on that, so it was a little kind of surprised me for a second there. So welcome. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying the show, and uh, welcome to our Wednesday broadcast. Just so that you guys remember, um, on the link for uh, either LinkedIn or for Facebook, that there's a part in the the post that says you can click to add your name if you add comments. So please make sure that you do that and so that we know who it is that is uh, adding a comment and um, that way we can address you personally. We had that problem uh, Monday and Bill Elizondo said a couple of things. And we're like, who is this? And uh, so we he offered find- to buy us lunch. So it was important that we I know was- who it was. <laughs> If you know Jim and I, oh yeah, yeah. we're all about yeah. you know. Barbecue it worked out for us because we got to see him on Monday evening, right? Oh for yeah. Dinner. So thanks for that, Bill. It was great to spend some it's, time with you. It's kind of a last minute thing, but it was really great to get to know him and um, and you know, stepping away from that opportunity to to break bread. Sure. It's uh, we just I think all of us came away with an understanding that we're really really aligned with having the dealer um, centric to what we do and that where you have their best interest at heart. Sure. So, um, I also want to make sure that, you know, many listening, although a lot of us know Bill Elizondo, um, I should make sure that you know who he is. And then Michelle and I should also take a moment to make sure you know who we are, because some of you are tuning in on YouTube and may not Mm be uh, familiar with, uh, what we do, but, uh, quickly with Bill, Bill is, um, the, senior moderator i think he's a moderator and uh, does both buy here payer and franchise groups for niada mm-hmm. and uh, has a real um you know storied career he's worked with some of the big finance company big dealership groups and uh, it's just really also a prince of a guy he's uh oh, yeah he's just somebody who you know you meet people that are authentic and uh, and certainly i would put uh, him in that group he's got uh ton of integrity and we just enjoy spending time with him. So, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, you know, Michelle is uh, my business partner and uh, together we own the Octane Group. We're a small uh, coaching and implementation company. And uh, so just to help you understand who we are, like I have, I've come from uh, now 20 plus years of buy here, pay here. Now mm-hmm. going back to 97 uh, when I first got in it and owned retail and sporting goods stores before that. So Probably just important for us to let our audience know a little bit about who we are. They don't catch every episode, and we should probably <laughs> tell them who are you want to share with them a little bit about. Um, come from corporate America, um, worked in project management, product management. Also, I've owned my own businesses and um, uh, handled crews that were remote up to about 20 people for an, another company that I worked with, um, handling all inbound and outbound communication. I think we for these things we'd we'd send out like nine million invitations to these events and uh with the company that i worked with so we had a lot of inbound and outbound communication and dealing with uh crews that were um all across the u.s so it was pretty fun i i if if anyone has any um dealing with uh, uh team members that are remote and want to get some some good tips you know 
holler out because I'd be happy to, to help you about how to do team building when you have a remote team. Sure. And uh, Michelle is the implementer on our team. She's the one who kind of follows through and makes sure things get done and that we, you know, kind of stick to what we're, uh, we're promising to do. And, and then she's also has a, a lot of experience in marketing. And so we're together, yeah. we're spending a lot of time uh, working with dealers on the marketing side of their business. And together we, we have a good amount that we can contribute yeah. in that area. It's been really fun. Um, we, you know, Jim and I frequently when we, uh, are, well, you're going to hear this an awful lot, and we have talked about this a bit since we started the show, is that, you know, there are uh, things in business that are straight lines and squiggly lines. And um, straight lines are like, these are the processes. This is the, this is how you, um, how you make the thing go. This is how do I implement this, that kind of stuff. And the squiggly lines is how do I apply? How do I, um, you know, uh, the, the more, um, uh, yeah, the intangibles. The intangibles. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And so we we make a really good team and it's it's kind of funny because every time we start talking about something that we're about ready to uh, talk to a client about or, or step into that I'm all about logistics and Jim's like, my gosh, you just, you <laughs> dive right into how is this going to work from point A to point B? And he's like, I haven't even gotten that far yet. She's we're, details. And yeah. she starts in the details before I'm even like three drinks into my first cup of coffee. <laughs> So it's, it's a really great balance because Jim's always reminding me, um, to, uh, keep some of those squiggly lines really in mind as we start to create some of these things. And so it's a, it's a yin and yang. Yeah, for sure. It's great. And uh, so I also, yeah, want to, uh, reach out to everyone, be sure and throw in your uh, comments there for those that are listening in, please, uh, tell us what state you're listening from. Also, if uh, you're enjoying the show, please throw a big fat thumbs up in there. If you really don't like the show and you're already tired of seeing it in your life, then, <laughs> then throw a thumbs down and uh, Michelle will be fine. I, and I will cry for a little while. Because I'm straight lines. It's okay. Yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I won't cry for long, I promise. But if you're, if you're, uh, if you're liking the show, please let yeah. us know. Please let us not know what state you're listening yeah. to or listening from. And uh, we also we don't know. forget to to click that thing on the post that says that you can share your name because we can't see it from this uh, end unless you true. give permission. It's kind of one of those Correct. like privacy type of things that sure. they uh, that you know the uh, we we uh, stream from a company called Streamyard. So it's um you know they have their own things for privacy. We're kind of going through that in society right now. Sure. Um we have a couple of things that we wanted to so many things and with only a half an hour to be able to talk to you guys it's we we I'm sure will will struggle getting through all of the things and making sure that we're like super relevant but uh um yeah, so a couple of things we want to knock out some um of the events that are coming up um, in our space, I want to circle back and touch just a minute on transparency because we covered that in one of our issues or one of our, uh, broadcasts last week. And, um, so I want to just circle back on that because it's really kind of a big rally point for me. And I want to bring dealers together. And as I told, uh, the listeners that were with me, I think it was Wednesday's episode, maybe, and you can find that we apologize. Now we're, we've discovered three of our episodes from last week. Our streaming was awful. And so it's real choppy and hard the to content's listen to. still there. Yeah. So just be patient. Yeah. yeah. And so we'll try to clean those up, but I did talk about transparency and I, I put out a plea to those dealers out there. And, uh, Luis, I see you're with us this morning from Gainesville. Good morning. Um, I'm counting on you dealers out there to be my friend and you're going to find <laughs> out through this, uh, this broadcast that I'm, I may not be making very many friends of some of our vendors because I'm 
using this platform and our audience and this success group that we've known for some time, I'm, I'm frankly, I'm, I'm counting on you guys to back me up when I go to these vendors on your behalf and ask for more transparency. We're going to ask them to share more about, you know, what they do. And in particular, that episode last week was on the subject of funding providers. I just picked them as an example. And let's just talk about that for just a minute, Michelle. I want to just kind of circle back and make sure folks understand where I'm going with that. You know, we, we work with funding providers who provide capital to us in an early stage of our business. We pay a high price for that capital, which is not totally unexpected. We understand why that's perceived as high risk and it's early stage money and we get that. What is hard to understand for me and always been a thing and I've always asked for it and, and now I'm just asking more emphatically is that, you know, you those funding providers demand that they collect the money um, to you know, to service those contracts in the early stage of a business. And while we understand that in order for us to build our business plan, which is some of what Michelle and I do, we have to understand what is the projected performance on that. How do you guys perform? You say you have to collect, you say you collect better than dealers do. And so I say, show me. It's kind of one of those, like, uh, you know, a lot of the vendors at trust. Yeah. But this is about trust and verify. Yeah. So we need to see the numbers and we're happy to share because, you know, they say we collect better than dealers do. Well, we have the data on how our dealers collect when they service their own portfolios. And I'm happy to share that and we'll share it here. So we would just ask them to do the same. Why wouldn't they do the same? They, they say their numbers mm -hmm. are better and, and we just need it because we have to do projections. I mean, we're a new business. We're trying to forecast, uh, yeah. you know, the way business is going to go. And so we need that. So that's why I've just asked dealers to, uh, you know, please promise to be my buddy because I'm going to go <laughs> out there on your behalf and yeah. I'm going to ask for the things that I know that, that we need and, and collectively we can do that. So that's what Michelle and I kind of see as yeah. an opportunity in this show is to be able to be out there and you know make no mistake we're we're here to talk about the things that are of interest to you and try to you know use our uh, you know relationships and uh, and certainly the the yeah. platform and we want to bring you dealers to the conversation by the way so we're figuring out how to do that uh, as we kind of learn through this platform that we're using how to uh, you know let let dealers join the conversation in the morning we're certainly going to have a chance to do that until then please send in your questions we got one from uh, Jeremy Davalos, I think I used to pronounce his name wrong in my head, but uh, Jeremy out in Arizona got your question. We'll be tackling that one soon. Uh, we've got some others that you know are kind of coming to our attention. So just do you want to uh, you want to uh, remind everybody what the question was, and then we can or I'd have to look myself. I mean, I'm trying to remember exactly what his question was, but um, yeah. So we've got to uh, we're going to take those um, on as we go. I've got it over here, Michelle. Okay. I can look it up, but um, but basically, we just want to make sure that. Uh, we're representing, you know, your interests and your questions. And so I think it's, um, it's important to have the chance to speak for you guys. And, and so we look forward to doing that. Shall you want to run through the topics of, or the events rather that are. Oh coming? yeah. Um, well, one, uh, N -A N I A D A Jim's always catching me with switching mm -hmm. that I and that a N I A D A is coming up in June and, um, that's going to be in Vegas. So hopefully uh, this sets the National Organization of Independent Automobile Dealers. Sure. Um, I kind of screwed that up, too, didn't <laughs> I? <laughs> um, so that's coming in June. And then in July, uh, the 24th, 25th, and 26th of July is TIADA. And Jim and I have um, uh, 
both been asked to present. And so we'll be talking about business planning. And then Jim was actually asked to moderate a panel on the next day uh, for some of the really successful dealers that there are out in the space. And it's just, it was just kind of funny when they're, they were naming the people that will be on that panel. And Jim's like, I know them. I know them. I, he's been around for a long time. So. Shout out to Govinda Romero, also yeah. in Florida. And, uh, Darla Boer in South Carolina, I believe is where Darla is. And so yeah. she, I, I'm, I don't think I'm being preemptive or announcing that those are. I think that they've already, they've already got already the uh, agenda sure. out yeah. and I, um, I don't remember they were. Yeah. yeah. So we we know them. Those are uh, really example of successful dealers that have mm -hmm. a lot of great things to share. So they will be panelists at TIADA. I shared, I think on our Monday episode that, you know, we would encourage even non, uh, members in Texas to attend that conference. If you're able to, it's an excellent conference, not just for Texas dealers. And uh, Texas is a great place to go for, uh, you know, good compliance um, education as well. So uh, if they've got spaces available, we would recommend that you come join us there. Now, I know that many of you will have a conflict because I happened on to uh, yesterday discovered that in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, they have the Smoky Mountain Bigfoot conference coming up on July 24th. And uh, so, you know, it's unfortunate. I'm, I doubt that Jeff Martin and Teresa at TIADA uh, realize that that's a conflict. I hope it doesn't cut into their attendance. So many of you might care to be in uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee for that. But but otherwise, uh, we'll try to keep you abreast of all things, you know, that you need to be aware yeah, of. I've, I've been making a list of when all of the different state organizations are having their conferences. And so we'll do some shout outs um, on those as they get closer. And uh, so I, I'm mostly getting my list from the NIADA website. So if you haven't listed when your state's conferences, make sure you get it on there or reach out to us so that we can make sure that we let you guys know when that's happening. Yeah. And so I found Jeremy's uh, question and it's about um, really the outlook for a downturn in this business and what it really means to us. And so as a dealer, you know, what, what can I do to be prepared? And uh, so downturn of the, the economy. Yeah. The economy. Yeah. And yeah, what can it really mean to us? And we touched on it a little bit. I think um, rather than tackle it today, I probably would wait and, and there's a chance Jeremy can join us on the show. So I would, oh, yeah. I can bring him in and we can also get some feedback from others because I, I don't know, I'm not going to try to be a prognosticator in that way. I never have been. I don't really try to forecast outlook. Um, my experience has really been more that our buy here, pay here dealers out there tend to stay pretty much the same, regardless of economic downturn, regardless of shifts in the um, stock market. You know, that affects typically the the big dealers who are operating on, you know, Wall Street money and, and that sort of thing. We can see that affect them more for us in the you know, if we're financing D paper and we're some of the kind of small to medium dealers out there uh, in small to medium communities, I just don't see it affect us a lot because we typically, you know, are already getting access to all the capital we can get. We're already financing, you know, the, all the customers we can afford to reasonably finance within our business strategy. And it just doesn't seem to affect us much. Now, you can make the case that if there's an economic downturn, there could be more C paper buyers that fall into D category. And so we may have more funding opportunity than we mm -hmm. have before. Uh, but we just don't see that that changes much for us because we can't 
unfortunately we can't really help those folks. And yeah. so that's where people get hurt is they, they're kind of in between. They're, they've, they're a C paper customer. It's falling into D. They don't yet realize or can't quite accept that their credit circumstances are now there and they don't want to buy there. And it's a hard thing to, to satisfy, you know, for us as a buy here, pay your customer or a dealer anyway. So I just don't see a lot of change. Now we'll, Again, I want to have Jeremy join us. Uh, it's it's 6 a.m. when we start in Arizona, <laughs> so I don't know that he's going to want to be with us live at that time of the Might morning. Might have but. to do a little bit of a recording. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, on that topic this morning, I was just going through some articles on the dashboard by NAADA, and there was an article in there from Ken Shilson from last year, and it was on best ways to bounce back from yeah. COVID. And there's really some good things in there that I think apply some to the economic downturn, but just some really good um, things about staying up with technology yeah. and those kind of things as well. So sure. that's a good read. It's, it's just, it's a quick read, but it's, there's some really good information in there of those of you guys who. So I don't know how to pronounce Frederick's last name. I see that Frederick has said hello. And I, and I want to think Frederick is here in Florida because I saw that Bill Elizondo was just with him on Facebook. Ah. And so Frederick as a subprime hero, Leonard's, or Lenartz, it's Lenartz the third. So if you guys are familiar, he's got a podcast called Car Guy Coffee. And so uh -huh. we have not had the opportunity to tune into to his broadcast over there, but we look we forward will. to doing that. And uh, so, and and he's already agreed to be a guest over here on our podcast. So uh, we look forward to that. And and Tyler, I see that you're in there from Abilene, Texas. Good morning. We, we know, uh, we appreciate all the things you share out there. And uh, in the BHPH success group. I'll take a moment while I'm thinking about that, that any listeners that are over on YouTube and now we're broadcasting live to LinkedIn. We need yeah. to say good morning to LinkedIn yeah. over there this morning. And uh, so uh, for those folks who are not familiar and would like to join us, we have probably the largest, most active group of buy here, pay here people in Facebook um, at the BHPH success group. So if you yeah. go in Facebook and do a search for BHPH success, if you're not already part of that group with us, we would invite you to join us over there because that is as far as we can tell, the most active, uh, you know, platform of, or, you know, community of buy here, pay your people at this time. Yeah. We've taken quite a bit of time just kind of to do the housekeeping stuff. So we might go a little bit past 30 minutes, but there was something that, you know, Jim and I were talking um, about uh, his story because uh, those of you who know Jim know that he owned a dealership. And, um, and we've been meaning to weave that into some of the things that we've been talking about. And so we, uh, we thought today would be a good day to, to start to dive into that story. Sure. It doesn't come up very often that I tell the story. I mean, if people ask, I'm happy to share it, but it comes up a little bit because as a consultant advisor, you know, sometimes people want to do business with somebody who's been successful at it, or, you know, they want to, uh, maybe work with somebody who's currently successful as a buy here, pay here dealer. And so I think it's important. It's relevant to make sure people understand kind of what my own direct experience is with buy here, pay here as a dealer and as a manager. So let me kind of give you the, the high level view of my, you know, experience. I stepped in, you know, had a sporting goods business and, and retail stores when I was young pawn shop, I was a partner in a pawn shop. And then I closed a seasonal sporting goods business in 90, Five, I stepped into the new car business as a salesperson, later became a sales manager. That was in central Oklahoma, then moved into Stillwater, Oklahoma, where I lived at the time and um, started working with a, a group there that had four Dodge and Chrysler dealerships around the state of Oklahoma. And one day they came to me and asked me while I was managing, kind of serving as a new car manager, they asked me to help open their buy here, pay here store. So that again was 97. And that's how I got into 
you know, the business as uh, I stepped in with the manager, helped them open their sixth buy here, pay here store. And um, so that's how I got introduced to it. And I did that for about two and a half years before the, the company that was providing us software and uh, training uh, kind of pulled me aside at a conference and said, hey, we'd like you to join our consulting team. And so I picked up my family and moved to Sarasota, Florida in 2000. Uh, a lot of changes happened during the three and a half years I was with that company. At one point, I became the director of the training consulting department with them and traveled, you know, mostly the eastern half of the country, calling on buy here, payer dealers. And, um, you know, it was really a great learning experience. A lot of real fundamental things that I learned in that. Also, one day I'll share with you kind of the fundamental things that I learned in the franchise business, but that's another conversation. Mm-hmm. But then I opened the dealership. I actually, so after consulting, when I decided to leave that consulting uh, company, in late 2003, I had three places I could go and step into the, the buy here, pay here management side. And uh, one was Texas, one was Idaho, and the other was Iowa. And I chose the, the opportunity in Texas mostly because my family's back in Oklahoma and that dealer certainly needed some help. They had a, a Chevy store and then had four buy here, pay here stores. And I stepped in and helped manage those. And, um, boy, a lot of learning experiences in that will, will inevitably refer to all the uh-huh. things that you know came out of that experience, because that was, a that was a, a lesson in itself because you had multiple owners and, and it was, a you know, a lot of changes that occurred as, as a result of my stepping in there and, and tweaking policies. And uh, so it was a, a great learning experience for me as well. But then, and there's also some, just some incredible business, uh, lessons in some of that. And Michelle and I were talking about that, especially as it relates to inventory turn, um, and management. Oh yeah. Inventory. That's another topic. Yeah, that yeah, was a really, sure. really great. Yeah. But then regrettably that dealer was not able to fund the growth. We got the, the stores working much better, creating uh, much higher volume and, uh, regrettably the dealer, um, because of, a some personal matters with the partner, they, they couldn't fund the growth. And I just ended up stepping out and going into business for myself. So I opened my own dealership in the spring of 05. We did quite well. I got a small line of credit. We took off and we quickly outgrew the the pace or we did a pace that was uncomfortable for that local bank. And so we ended up moving to another local bank, had a little more appetite. And uh, we ended up still with a, you know, in today's standards, a fairly small line of credit. But we were able to create volume uh, through that very low ACV cars, very much focused on cash flow. And we had a manager who was very effective and created a lot of um, a lot of accounts, a lot of uh, cash flow. Mm-hmm. And we, we grew quickly, um, you know, with that new line of credit. So in 06, we were highly profitable. 07, we're generating plenty of positive cash. I opened the related finance company in 07. Uh, we are able to pay down our line of credit even about half um, during that time, which is certainly was, um, you know, a big positive because 08 came around Uh after that. But the part that I think is most relevant about that story, and I'll jump ahead to tell you, I closed this dealership in 2011 and the finance company. So, you know, the story of how that ended up in that place is important for people to know because there's a lesson in that for me. And there's kind of a thread, I think, through that, that, you know, some of this I have very clear answers about. Some of this I still don't know the answer. I would need to get an advisor. If I were put, if I were dropped back in that same place that I was in 08, 09, I probably would still need to get somebody to help make a judgment on, you know, which is the right way to go here. Because in short, in 07, we were very liquid. We were generating a lot of positive cash. You know, we had our finance company in place and I took cash from my buy here, pay here business. And I opened a and one important side note is that the dealership that I owned was about 30 minutes from my home. 
Okay. And I was buying cars on the other side of that. So I was buying cars, you know, two hours plus from my dealership location for the most part. And I ended up opening a um, kind of a distribution center to be able to bring the cars in and condition them. That And that one was near my home. And uh, so I decided then to try to create some retail business. And that influence really came from my 20 group. And this is not meant to be a problem for a 20 group. At the end of the day, people in 20 group share ideas and then you decide what to act on. But I remember I was, I was really influenced by the fact that I had a few dealers in my 20 group who were being very successful back in those days with secondary paper. They were selling their paper to indirect lenders or some of their paper to indirect lenders and, you know, profiting a good amount of cash on the front end of their contracts. And so mm-hmm. I've made my mind to pursue that. And so that's where I, I took cash off of my buy here, payer operation in 07. I opened a retail store 30 minutes away or closer to my home, but we started bringing cars in there. And the thought process was if I can at least sell enough cars for cash to cover the cost of running this distribution center, then that would be a win for me. I really wasn't looking to set the world on fire with, with retail, but I certainly thought I'm just, if I can cover these costs of, um, you know, having this separate building and just sell a few cars cash out of this location. We just got licensed, started doing that. Well, you know, we set up a floor plan and started accessing inventory and we just couldn't get that formula figured out. We weren't doing a lot of volume and we certainly weren't making much gross profit on the, the deals that we were doing. And so ultimately, you know, we, we just sold off the inventory and, you know, thankfully we were able to liquidate, we owned it. Well, we were able to sell off the inventory and get out of that and, and move out of that business. But regrettably that, that dealership, the retail store had done poorly enough that it soaked up most of the cash that I took off of the buy here payer operation. I couldn't put it back in the buy here payer store, which, which hurt us. It was. And time too, a drain on yeah, time. Certainly it, it took away. And, and so we were and. So I also, in the middle of that, there's an embezzlement story that I need to tell. That's, all, that's probably a subject for another day. I'll, can I squirrel on that just yeah. a second? So many dealers and clients that we talk to, it's like, not me. Mm-hmm. And it happens. Mm-hmm. It, it happens. It's, again, that trust and trust but verify kind of thing that you can say, I trust so-and-so. And, yeah. you know, situations happen. Well, and with our clients, we just recommend safeguards. Just, you know, oh, yeah. you've got to have checks and balances. you got to have safeguards. And it yeah. doesn't matter. It's not about trust. It's about, you know, it's about keeping honest people honest is the way I say that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, so that, yeah, I did have an embezzlement situation. Thankfully, I caught it fairly early and we, we you know, we're able to, to, you know, solve that problem and get that person out of there and, and uh, you know, ultimately reach an understanding with them. But yeah, again, that's a separate conversation. I, I think we can probably, you know, talk about that in some depth at some point. But the, um, I think the key thing on that was, you know, I look back at my own experience. I think, you know, I really regret that I was distracted. I think had I kept those resources in that company, then, you know, we could have grown and solved some of the problems that developed. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of the other problems that came about was it just had a terrible time in a pretty small market finding somebody that could manage the store. Again, I was 30 minutes from my home. I'd kind of resolved fairly early on that I wasn't going to manage it day to day. And uh, so we, we just were having a terrible time getting, you know, a manager in there. And then on top of that, I'm getting quite busy in consulting. I've always done consulting, even after leaving the company back in Florida in 03. I've always been out there doing consulting. You know, I had the domain BHPH Consulting. People would find me. And so I was doing consulting throughout. And so I, I actually started dealerships during the last couple of years. I was a dealer myself. I started dealerships in Florida, Georgia, 
Utah. Not you, Texas. but you consulted people that were starting. Correct. Yes. Yeah, I helped. I helped dealerships start. So I was. I was flying across the country and spending time with you know. And again, we had people managing the dealership back in in Oklahoma, but it's like it just got to be. I got to be busy enough, and there got to be enough challenges in the the brick and mortar business that I just finally just said, this doesn't. I don't need to be in this business anymore. It's too difficult. You know, after '08, we couldn't find capital to kind of re. Uh, capitalize that enterprise at the time that it needed it. And so we just end up kind of run, running it off. And uh, so that's the part that I think is, um, is important for people to understand because I've been there. We did the finance company through the, through that experience. I learned a lot of finance company accounting. There's just a lot of things that you learn by being in that. And uh, so it was certainly, you know, it was a profitable experience for me. We generated good amount of positive cash flow, like I said, and paid down debt. So, you know, we've done it. It's not that we can't do it. We've done it. And so there just came a point where it just didn't make sense to do it. And the, so the consulting thing, you know, became a fit for me. And now of course you and I talk about, we, we've totally enjoy the flexibility, you know, Michelle and I enjoy the flexibility of being able to, to, you know, uh, move to, to where it makes sense and, and kind of have the mobility you know, mm -hmm. as much as anything in what we do now. But I think that's the part that I, I wanted people to know, you know, with that story just doesn't come up very often. People don't really ask about, you know, my own dealership experience. But then there's also after that, when I stepped out of the dealership in 2011, then I took on a consulting gig in 2012 that ended up being more than three years. And, and I won't say where that one was just because that's one we can talk about in some depth. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a tremendous experience because, we did a, I did a complete turnaround of that operation. I basically was working for a dealer who was the really investor. He was mm -hmm. more of a passive investor, didn't know the business at all. And he was really counting on me to come in there and clean up a mess, uh, which we did. We, we totally overhauled that operation. We relocated the business. We renamed it because it had a terrible reputation and management problem. And, uh, and we definitely put that on a, on a track for success. And so they, they did quite well with that operation, but the whole, that whole three years of going through management changes and policy changes and personnel changes, you know, it was, it was quite a thing. And then rebranding, right. We just totally rebranded it and changed the whole messaging behind that business and, and it all worked. And so I think it's, it's an important thing to understand about kind of where my background is. We just, we, you know, and Michelle and I talk about this. We can't, there's a trajectory that might put us back in the brick and mortar business. We could end up owning dealerships again one day. Uh, but right now that's just not really on our near term mm -hmm. radar. There's, there's some opportunities there, but we just, uh, we kind of feel like we know where we're at with what we're building. And so that's kind of what yeah. we're focused on these days. And one of these days, uh, um, we, I will sneak in and share some of the marketing pieces that Jim did for his dealership. And they are awesome. Yeah. Um, some radio ads that he did and, uh, yeah. just really, really fun, um, fun radio ads where he just, he reached out to people in the right way. And it was, it was fantastic. And I know radio is not the medium. Yeah as much anymore but just you know taking a, a page out of that playbook i, I yeah. think just i think what we really did there still playing applies. with the customer yeah, yeah it was still, a lot of fun yeah you're delivering your message through different channels maybe than you were yeah. then yeah but yeah i think what we did back maybe i'll have to pull some of those out of the archives <laughs> that, that could be fun there's a, <laughs> there's some goofiness in there so well and it, it, okay yeah. i'm going to circle back to that goofiness okay. stuff um sitting at dinner with bill uh on monday 
uh, we were just kind of chatting about. I one thing that I've really, really enjoyed as as Jim and I have gotten to know each other is he really is a goofball. We both have seventh grade um, senses of humor that really only come out when we're alone. <laughs> I I own it. <laughs> and uh, and it's been funny that I I'll watch him. Um, speak and present and it's like man we got to figure out how to weave in that because you get super serious and and just like on the humor thing when we um when we first met um i i had this is probably it's it's not a topic Don't for too personal. well uh, not too personal <laughs> but i had a vision board for um you know i was i was looking for something very specific for partnership and one of those things was humor and that was like a non-negotiable for me because I just I love to laugh and I love to make people laugh. And and um, it was humor was a non-negotiable. And I think that you and I had gone out uh, for a week or two. And I remember talking to my best friend and I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. And she's like, why? And I said, because he's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then then the next date, it was like, oh, there it is. And Jim's really got a great dry sense of humor. It's fantastic. Well, and so maybe we'll start a joke segment. You know, oh, yeah. Start doing that. So. <laughs> dumb dad jokes. He's yeah. the best at yeah. dumb dad jokes. Yeah. So. so that reminds me. So when you say dumb dad jokes, <laughs> is that does that mean those are dumb jokes told by dad or is that jokes told by a dumb dad? Like, it's not clear to me. I think that they're they're dumb jokes. Honey. You think so? Yeah, dumb okay. jokes. All right. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that's, I mean, they fit both maybe. Yeah. I just don't know the dads always, so uh -huh. I can't really say. But, uh, yeah, we can we can probably share. I'm not a great joke teller. I just, you know, I like. Yeah, uh, well, and we write on, on our little board. We have plethora of, uh, of buttons that we can use oh, for true. sound effects. Yeah. So if I tell a joke, like, you know, then we can have um, applause or you hear that. Or maybe we can, you know, if I tell a joke, we can do laughter. <laughs> Uh-huh. And then if that. Yeah, that one. And then if Michelle tells one, I like we can, this one. There you go. That can be for Michelle's jokes. But honey, I just used the word plethora. Oh yeah. Did you you said plethora? Yes, I did. Oh, thanks, honey. That means a lot. So there you go. There's your lame joke of the day. <laughs> so and so it begins. Yeah. We just lost most of our yeah, listeners, yeah, I'm sure. I think so. Yeah. Um, hey guys, it's been a pleasure. Um chatting with you this morning and uh, we'll be back on Friday and hopefully we'll have some things to be able to talk about Jeremy's post and maybe get him on the show and we can talk about the economic, uh, the, the potential of an economic downturn and what that means for the industry. So yeah. if you guys have a topic that you would really like us to, to, um, to dive into, uh, feel free to reach out to us. Um, we're, available on the octane group which is our facebook page jim is is um on a lot of the different groups jim Rhodes, and um and i think that our phone numbers and all of that are are also on there so yeah we'd, right. we'd love to hear from you very good we appreciate you joining in again uh, give us thumbs up and thumbs down on uh, you know what uh, what you're feeling about the show and share your ideas on uh, what you'd like us to talk about and uh, don't forget to be my friend out there as i go to bat for you in the industry <laughs> yeah, so exactly all right all right guys it. have a great wednesday have a good one. see you Thanks.